Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I don't know why I just held my breath right there. I do know why I held my breath right there. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me. Wherever you are joining me, rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. And if you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. If you're joining me on Facebook or Twitter, make sure you are following me. Make sure you like the page on Facebook. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Gene Clemens. Yo, it's episode 200. Yes, I have done 200 of these. Um, I didn't celebrate like a year because, quite honestly, I couldn't remember and I guess if I had done if I had done some research, I probably could have figured out what the first ep, what day the first episode dropped on. But man, I'm busy. I got stuff to do. And you know what happened? While I was busy and having stuff to do, Nick Saban decided he was going to flame the entire NIL process, and that led me to today. Um, I, I try to pride myself on not just looking at clips um, that might be clickbaity, that might give off a false impression without hearing the entirety of what someone said. Because a lot of times what happens is that we, people will clip the most sensational thing that someone said, which makes it feel like it stands alone, but it's really in the context of a bigger picture. And many times you have to do that with things like what Nick Saban says, because Nick Saban will throw in a really like offhand comment that makes you look at him sideways with the, you know, rest of the talk. But then you understand it because you've you've listened to the rest of what he said. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Saban just decided, you know, NILs are this and people are using it this way. And like, I think that when you, the, the, the problem you have is when you're so successful, right? And then you match being that successful, but that being that old is you just feel as if your word is law. Like what you say is the absolute truth. And even if it is, sometimes when you bring, when you bring it up, it just sounds corny, man. It sounds, it sounds like you're a hater. But I wanted to be fair to Nick Saban. And so I wanted to make sure that we, as a, as a, as a collective, you and I together, we listen to this six-minute rant, or not rant, but this six-minute diatribe, whatever, by Nick Saban, where he goes over what's going on in the NIL. And I'm going to stop at certain areas because I want to address what it is he's saying. So... If you guys will afford me that opportunity, I, I really do um, appreciate it. So let's pull up the let's pull up the good old YouTube right here. You know, name, image, and likeness to me is a great concept for players. Um, players have always been allowed to work. Uh, this is just a different opportunity for them to make money by working and using their own name, image, and likeness, whether it's signing autographs, whether it's doing commercials or ads for some company or whatever. So there's nothing wrong with that. And I told our player. So first off, I want to address what he just said. 
players have always been allowed to work. Um, yeah, that's technically true, but when exactly are the players going to work? So for those of you that don't know, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on behind the door. The the student athletes day starts usually pretty darn early with some type of early morning workout. Then they go to school, right? Then they may have a meeting or two, then they practice. By the time they're finished with practice and they get something to eat, it's seven o'clock at night, maybe eight o'clock at night. What job are they getting? I'll wait. See, you can say stuff like, oh, well, they've always been allowed to have a job, but when you're, what you do gets in the way of actually gaining employment, that's not really a thing. Oh, well, but, but what about the offseason? They start coming to football training in, in late, late July, early August, maybe mid-August. They've got trainings all the way through. If they're a good team, they're making a bowl game. So let's just say all the way through December. Then when they get back, they have off, right? They have their break. Then when they get back, they start having workouts. Again, you might have an early morning workout session, whatever it might be. You have classes. So, yeah, they could get a job after school, you know, after school working somewhere, they could get a job, but how many hours are they really going to be able to get that's going to make any type of legitimate money? Right? So maybe in the summertime. Yeah, that's a good point. Except most players, most players actually like, you know, take classes in the summer. They might actually explore other opportunities in the summer. It's not just all about Oh, well, I've got to work. So so the idea that they could just be employed is, is foolish. Also, by the way, did you know that if you get a job and the job happens to be for someone who is a, an alumni or a booster or something, they accuse you of doing something, doing something scandalous. If you get a really easy job at a car dealership where you're supposed to wash cars, and they don't feel like you're really washing enough cars in order to warrant that amount of money. They violate you, right? So the fix is in on the whole. They can have jobs, but I digress. Nick, go right, go right ahead. I don't, I didn't want to. I don't want to hold you. Players, when this whole thing started, to get agents, get representation, um, and so you create opportunities for yourself. And our players last year created $3 million worth of opportunity for themselves by doing it the right way. And I have no problem with that. And nobody had a problem on our team with that because the guys that got the money earned it. Now, there were only 25 guys on our team that had the opportunity to earn money. Okay, so another thing I take, I take offense to, right? Well, not offense to, but umbrage with. He says they all earned it. Bryce Young had never started a game at Alabama, had over a million dollars in endorsements. So he's saying the team made three million. His quarterback made a million, according to all reports, had never started a game. So how did he earn it? If, if, if we're going off the Nick Saban logic, 
How did he earn it? Now, I know how he earned it. He earned it because he's been a phenomenal football player his entire life. And people, people want to know what it is he's doing. That, that platform was there for him regardless of where he went. Somebody wanted to pay to know what he was doing. And he earned a million, and he had never started a game at Alabama. So let's continue on. The issue and the problem with name, image, and likeness is coaches trying to create an advantage for themselves. I went out and said, okay, how can we use this to our advantage? They created what's called a collective. Right, a collective is an outside marketing agency uh, that's not tied to the university, that's funded by alumni from the university. And they give this collective millions of dollars. And that marketing agency then funnels it to the players. Right, and the coach actually knows how much money's in the collective, so he knows how much he can promise every player. That's not what name, image, and likeness was supposed to be. Why is Nick Saban the guy who can decide what name, image, and likeness is supposed to be? Why is he the guy who can decide what name, image, and likeness is supposed to be? Who gave Nick Saban that, that, that latitude? Whatever name, image, and likeness is, that's what it is. Hey, listen. Y'all can be mad all you want, but here's how it used to go, right? He talked about people funneling money into these collectives and then the collectives giving the money to players. Well, here's what used to happen. They, or, and what still happens, by the way, they funnel millions of dollars into the school for the, foot, for the football program to get coaches paid 10, 12, 15 million dollars a year. Nick Saban's not working at Alabama for $2 million a year. Um, Jimbo Fisher's not working at Texas A&M for $3 million a year. Right? We can go on down the list of all of these successful coaches in college football, college basketball. They're not working at said university for the little M's. They're working there for the big M's. So before when the money was being funneled to the coach and into the facilities, it was okay. But now that money is being funneled to these collectives to give directly to players, now that's a problem. And how does Nick Saban know so much about the collective if Nick Saban doesn't have a collective? Why does Alabama not have a collective? If, if that's the advantage, you got all the money in the world, why not have a collective? Well, because it's not right. Is that why? Because it's not the right way? Because what he's saying essentially is, oh, well, they're buying players. And no offense, but Alabama's been buying players forever. They've been buying players forever. 
and every major SEC school has been buying players forever. The difference is they haven't been paying the money. They've been, they've been lavishing the life. The, the $100 million facility that Alabama builds that gives that puts a TV in every locker and gives them a place where they can have unlimited food and unlimited drinks. Hey, baby, you ain't got to worry about money. You don't have to worry about money, baby, because I'm going to give you everything you need. So all the money that's made, all the money that you make, all that money comes to me. And then I pay and I use that money to pay for everything that you need so you can be as comfortable as you want, baby. What does that sound like to you? We'll get back to that. Let's go, Nick. That's what it's become. And that's the problem in college athletics right now. And now every player is saying, well, what am I going to get? Well, my philosophy is my job is to create a platform for our players to create value for themselves and their future by becoming better people, uh, by graduating from school and developing a career off the field, and by seeing if they can develop a career on the field and play at the next level in the NFL. Our players have made $1.7 billion in the NFL since 2010. All right, so wow. we've created a lot of opportunity. We also have one of the highest graduation rates, you know, in college athletics. We have the most guys that graduate inside of four years. So we've done a good job of that. But now in recruiting, we have players in our state that grew up wanting to come to Alabama that they won't commit to us unless we say we're going to give them what somebody else is going to give them. And my theory on that is everything that we've done in college athletics has always been equal. Your scholarship is equal. They get equal Austin, Austin money. They get equal uh, cost of attendance. Uh, they get equal academic support. They get equal medical attention. Everything has always been equal. So I told our players, I said, we're going to have a collective, but everybody's going to get the same amount of opportunity from that collective. Now you can go earn however much you want. And I tell the recruits the same thing because our job is not to buy you to come to school here. And I don't know how you manage your locker room. And I don't know if this is a sustainable model uh, because one of you folks are going to give some player that comes to our school, a bunch of money to come to our school. And then you're going to come to the game in full strut. I think, and I'm going to tell everybody, I got that guy to come to Alabama. And then he's not going to play and he's going to transfer and you're going to say, I'm never going to do this again. All right. So I don't know how. So his, his issue is we're going to have a collective, but we're going to pay all the players equal. So his, his issue isn't paying the players. It's paying. It's all the players not being paid equal. Nick Saban, that doesn't make any sense. I remember Back when Nick Saban said they don't want guys who transfer high schools because it shows that they're not willing to work. And then the next day we saw an offer to a kid who had been at four different high schools in four years. Sometimes you got to understand that coaches just be talking. These coaches just out here talking. The man just said, we're going to have a collective, but everybody's going to get paid the same amount of money. But that's what these other 
places are doing as well. They have collectives, and those collectives are paying everybody the same amount of money. But you know what? Maybe Nick Saban's going to release that information so that everybody can see that everyone is getting paid the same amount of money. Oh, and how much are they being paid? Because if you have a collective where everybody's getting paid the same amount of money, then why don't, I mean, then what stops you from paying everybody a really substantial amount of money where you still can out-recruit those other teams that are paying players money? What he said is essentially, hey, we're going to buy players, but we're going to buy players the right way. Seriously? I don't know how you sustain a model like that. Now, I know that we're going to lose recruits because somebody else is going to be willing to pay them more. Um, but name, image, and likeness is something that's here. And I think the more supporters that we have for the University of Alabama in all sports right, that are willing to sponsor players, whatever you want to call it, use them in your business to help your business, that's going to help our programs. Um, the thing that I fear is at some point in time, they're just going to say we're going to have to pay players. If we start paying players, we're going to have to eliminate sports. All right? And this is, this is all bad for college sports. I mean, we probably have, what, 450 people on scholarship at Alabama, whether they're women's tennis players, women's softball players, golfers, you know, baseball players, non-revenue sports that, should, that have for years and years and years been able to create a better life for themselves because they've been able to get scholarships and participate in college athletics. That's what college athletics is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be something where people come and make money and you make a decision about where you go to school based on how much money you're going to make. You should make a decision based on where you have the best chance to develop as a person, as a student and as a player, which is what. But he just, I'm, I'm so confused. If you don't make if you don't make decisions based off of how much money you make, then why would Nick Saban need to tell everybody that his players since 2010 has made over one point something billion dollars in the in the NFL? What would be the use of telling the world that Alabama players have made one point something billion dollars since 2010 in the NFL? If you're not making decisions about how much about what when you about what college you go to based off of how much money you can make, why do people have in the college that the college graduate, the average college graduate from this university will make this amount of money when they graduate? If money doesn't play any role in it, then why why do you guys actually talk about money so much? If money doesn't play a role, then what are we doing? What, what are you? Of course, money plays a role. And you just said you got to, if we pay players, we have to, we're going to have to get rid of college sports. No, Nick Saban, nobody told you to pay all the players equal money. That's a decision you're the, that, you're, that you want to make. Nobody told you to build a collective. If you don't want to pay players at all, don't pay players at all. And watch as Alabama begins to lose recruits. And guess what will happen? 
you'll start paying players because your ego won't let you all of a sudden not have the top five, top three, top one recruiting class in the nation. This holier than thou and I do it all the right way and, and, and here, that is such BS. You're, you're, you're mad because people are now starting to play on the same level that you're playing on when it comes to, to giving these kids what they want. You've been able to do it. You've been able to do it because Alabama has funneled millions upon millions of dollars into your football program that when you bring a kid on campus, that kid is mesmerized. But it's not a dollar in that kid's pocket. So now we're going to take all the money that we were spending to put into the, into the facilities and to give to the coach on the low. We're going to give that directly to the players because those are the ones who are actually working. And you have a problem with it? I mean, we see what this is, right? This isn't like brain surgery. We've always tried to major in, and, and we're going to continue to do that. Hopefully there's enough people out there that want to do it. But I know the consequence is going to be difficult for the people who are spending tons of money to get players. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. AM was first. AM bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right? We didn't buy one player. All right? But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. So it's, uh, it's tough. And people blame the NCAA. But in defense of the NCAA, we are where we are all right, because of the litigation that the NCAA gets, like the transfer portal. Every time somebody wanted to transfer, they'd apply for a waiver. Right? If you didn't give them, if the NCAA didn't give them a waiver so they could be immediately eligible, they filed suit. So the NCAA would back off and give them a waiver. So they just said, we're just going to make a rule where everybody can transfer. That's how that happened. So if the NCAA doesn't get some protection from litigation, whether we got to get an antitrust or whatever it is, from a federal government standpoint, this is not going to change because they cannot enforce their rules, just like Nate said. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. I mean, these guys at Miami that are going to play basketball. So, so and, and he's just throwing things out there now. A&M bought every player that they recruited last year. They Alabama didn't buy any. So you're telling me that not one recruit that went to Alabama received the name, image, and likeness deal. Not one of them. But every single one from Texas A&M, the only reason that they went to Texas A&M, one of the greatest college environments in the country, Texas A&M, one of the environments in the country that is so beloved, when you go over there, they love their Aggies. You are royalty. The only reason they went to Texas A&M is because they got a name, image, and likeness deal. If we've been talking about it for years, if you are a top elite level black athlete in this country playing football, you're going to get recruited wherever you go. Kayvon Thibodeau, he flirted with the idea of going to Florida A&M. He eventually went to Oregon 
he was a top four pick. If he would have went to Florida A&M, guess what he would have been? A top four pick. Top five, excuse me, he was fifth. Because the talent is there and they know it. He was a star before he ever went to Oregon. Oregon did not, Oregon did not raise the star of Kayvon Thibodeau. Jackson State is not raising the star of Travis Huntler. He was the number one recruit in the nation. The idea that he would just say, well, Jackson State paid Travis Hunter a million dollars and, and bragged about it. I never heard anyone anywhere say anything from Jackson State about paying that dude a million dollars. You know who I heard it from? All of the people on the outside. Interesting enough, the same people who were mad that Deion Sanders had a deal with Barstool. The same people that were mad that Jackson State was getting all of this publicity over other schools. Interesting enough, most of them were white. And now we're here where Nick Saban gets to come out and just flat out accuse these people on platforms that he know are going to go viral of, of essentially cheating. I know we don't do libel anymore. We don't do, you know, like defamation of character or anything. But geez, this dude's just out here scorching the earth. Nobody says anything to him because he's Nick Saban. Called there for $400,000 and sent a newspaper. The guy tells you how he's doing it. So, um, but the NCAA can't enforce their rules because it's not against the law. And that's an issue. That's a problem. And, and unless... We get something that protects them from litigation. I don't know what we're going to do about it. So I, I just want to I just want to go back to this because he 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 ends his he ends his rant by talking about the NCAA can't do their job. The NCAA can't enforce rules. Before before all of this, the NCAA used to routinely make people sit out. There was only the rare occasion that a player would be granted automatic um, automatic eligibility. This isn't something that the NCAA lost control over. They saw that the rule was stupid. And people, these players, the entities that care about the players, started calling them out on the stupidity of the rule. How are you going to have a rule that says that a kid can't play a year in these sports, but in other sports, they can be eligible immediately. How can that be a case? You can't have it where, oh, well, it's football, it's, it's, it's basketball. They can't be eligible right away, but in tennis, they can. In gymnastics, they can. In swimming, they can. We saw the stupidity of the rule. We knew what you were trying to do. To call other coaches out and say that they're all cheating, but you're doing it the right way when you have been the, the number one guy the entire time, when your paycheck is double, quadruple the, the paycheck of some other coaches, 
where you've got assistant coaches making more money than some head coaches make. The audacity of you, dude. You've got to be kidding me. And I love Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban is the GOAT. But you've got to be kidding me. How dare you sit there and act as if you are better than. I guarantee you right now, if somebody put boots on the soil at Alabama, they're going to find some shicey stuff y'all doing over there. I guarantee it. You know why? Because it's dirty everywhere. Nobody's hands are clean. And guess what? Everybody's hands should be clean. Why? Because I don't care if, if Jackson State actually did pay Travis Hunter a million dollars. I don't care if Texas A&M did buy every recruit. Nick Saban, guess what? Nobody would give a damn if you paid all your players either. The players should get the money. Not you, not the athletic director, you, not your assistant coaches, the players. And I'm a coach. I ain't mad at you getting your 15 million. Why are you mad at them for getting 300,000? You're making double digit million a year and you're mad at kids for getting 80, 80 grand, 90 grand, 100 grand? Really? Some of these kids will never go to the NFL. The chance that they have to maximize their star is right now. Why would you ever be mad at them for doing that? Why? i tell you why. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all want to know why? I'm going to tell you why. It's because he wants to win so bad that the moment he feels as if people are gaining on him, he has to attack. The moment he feels that he's no longer going to have the reins the way he had them in the past, the moment he feels that he's no longer going to be able to control the players the way he has in the past, he's got he's to shoot them down. So what you're saying to me, Nick Saban, and the world out there is that it doesn't matter. These kids are just, these young men are just, are just unruly. They're not going to be able to control themselves. How is this going to get out of control where it's no longer feasible? Because it hasn't stopped coaching salaries from going up. It used to be where if a coach was making $5 million a year, you'd be like, wow, he's making $5 million a year. Now the elite level coaches are making double digit money. Oh, by the way, did y'all know? that most of that money doesn't actually come from the school? Guess where it comes from? Guess. Outside entities. Boosters. They do this thing called the chair. And, and boosters put money into the chair. And the chair pays the coach. That's how you're able to pay these coaches these extraordinary amount of, mon amount of money at, at public schools because public schools you can only do so much hey, you want to hear something crazy because Nick Saban works at the University of Alabama and that's a public school when he decides to shut it down guess what he's going to be able to collect retirement 
Retirement is a percentage of your highest pay as long as you've been employed. So Nick Saban is going to be able to have the, 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 the state of Alabama pay him forever. Even after he no longer works for Alabama, he will still be getting paid. And yet these players who only have anywhere between one and five years to make them to make their mark. They have between one and five years to make a difference, to change their stars. If they're able to get a million dollars right now, why would you have a problem with it? The moment they leave the campus, y'all won't even give them any health care. The audacity of people like you. And you know what? I blame I blame Coach Prime too, because Coach Prime was complaining about the NIL stuff too. But it ain't no fun when the rabbit has the gun, is it? It ain't no fun. First off, Jackson State makes a power move. They say they're cheating. Alabama made the power move. They suck before Nick Saban took over. They made a power move. Everybody said Nick Saban's great. The fix is in, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what – you know what? This is going to be the most abrupt ending for a, a podcast that I've ever had. Episode 20, ladies and gentlemen, welcome or or thank you for joining us on Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. We do this thing a few times a week. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree. I really want you to comment. I want to hear what you have to say about this one. But whatever you do, keep it spicy. If you don't agree with me, tell me. If you agree with me, tell me why. You know where to find us. Like, subscribe. You know where to um, – you know where to follow us at. Make sure you hit that follow button. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Peace.